When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hook 'em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Yeah, we'll get him up. Get him going. It is Tuesday on Hook 'em Up with E and Rod B. It is a busy Tuesday coming off a. Of Incredible Sports Monday, a couple of LCS games. Rangers take a stranglehold of the American League Championship Series, continue their tremendous play in the postseason. Astros in big trouble in the All-Texas ALCS. Uh, Phillies stay hot as well in the National League. Cowboys, big bounce-back win on Monday Night Football. We'll talk about it as long as they get their best performance of the year from Dak Prescott. Defense does their job. Big win for Dallas. We'll talk plenty of Cowboys football. Wrapping up week six in the National Football League. Longhorns as well. Steve Sarkeesian met the media yesterday previewing the showdown with Houston on Saturday. Provided a pretty optimistic injury update. Also what the Longhorns did during the bye week to improve. Sitting at number eight in the country. Five and one with a six games to go in the regular season. We'll talk about all those things over the next five hours of uh, sports conversation. Appreciate you finding us however you do each and every morning here on Hook 'em Up. Uh, make it as easy as possible to find us on 1019 FM, AM 1260 as well. Digitally, probably the easiest way right now and the best way. Just download that Horn app to your smartphone. Listen with a touch of a button wherever you are, all over the the, uh, the city of Austin, all over the state of Texas, all over the world with that Horn app. You can also watch us and uh, listen at hornfm.com. Watch us on our YouTube channel as well. Appreciate you subscribing to that. As we get you rolling on a Tuesday, 17 October, jam-packed five hours, begins right now here on Austin's only local morning sports conversation. It's hook him up and look who it is. Uh, ready to roll. He is, uh, of course, our shutdown corner five hours a day, five days a week from DB High down in the 713 and DBU right here on the 512. Five st- uh, four stops in other National Football League zip codes. Also now a proud papa to a baby girl at home, uh, the football theorist. He is Blackstradamus. He is Rod Babers. What's up, RB? Doing great, brother. I appreciate the intro as always. Uh, man, it's a little nippy outside, actually. A little chilly outside. Yeah, man. A little, um, little nip in the air. Yes, it is. Feels uh, like fall. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. Uh, before we get started, because I know we got a lot to get to, so I don't want to waste much time. Uh, shout out to those who serve. Of course, our society built on the selflessness of service. We do it every morning, and we are proud to do it. It is an honor, but also a burden to serve. So we appreciate each and every one of you in every capacity, God, country, and community. Whatever you decide to serve, uh, we appreciate you. First responders, teachers, nurses, uh, the you know, waste management, officers of the law, soldiers, uh, each and every one of you. We can't name you all, but we appreciate you. Just want to give you a shout out. No question. Every single morning, it is uh, our pleasure to do so, and certainly we appreciate you very, very, very much uh, to start this program. A lot to do is, yeah, 45 crisp, clear degrees this morning, and you can you get a little jog in in the, the crisp little, conditions this yeah, morning. I'm sure that man. was invigorating. It was. Got a little run in, but man, I got to start putting on more layers. That's what I felt. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm a little, a little nippy out here. That's all right. That's a good thing, though. It's football weather, baby. Near perfect conditions. Or a playoff 
baseball weather. Oh, yes, Rangers. With the roof Shout closed. out to y'all. With good, the roof closed. Good for y'all, baby. I, I got to give it up. Got to give it up. I told you I didn't feel good yesterday, E. Told you I didn't feel good about well, this. We said it would be good for Amber or bad, and you got bad for Amber in the first <laughs> inning, and the Rangers jumped all over him and took advantage, and did, they did. Oh, I mean, that's really when man. you have to get to him. And uh, that's been the, the story mm. of his year. He gave up five runs in the first playoff start against Minnesota. And <clears> yesterday, <throat> the Rangers, uh, it's tough when you're, 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 you start the game in a hole if you're an Astro fan. But for the Rangers, uh, great game man. plan, great approach. They didn't try, to, you didn't try to do too much with pitches that were up and just, you know, five singles. And a big error that Framber Valdez made throwing the ball down the first baseline. And uh, they jumped out to a big lead. And then, obviously, there was a, the pivot point in the fifth inning, which we'll get to. But, yeah, uh, big big performance for the Rangers, obviously. And they stay red hot. That'll be part of our big conversation this morning. Cowboys with a nice bounce-back win. Let's start as we do each and every uh, uh, 6 o'clock hour with the headlines. Get you caught up on the news of the morning. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top headlines. We'll start with Major League Baseball, and they have the streaking Rangers have now taken full control of the All-Texas American League Championship Series. They take a 2-0 lead, and the best-of-seven series remain undefeated this postseason with a dramatic 5-4 win over the Astros yesterday at Minute Maid Park. As we mentioned, they jumped all over Houston starter Framber Valdez, strung together five singles, and took advantage of a Valdez throwing error, posting a four-spot in the first inning, took a 4-0 lead. They added a fifth run on a Jonah Heim solo homer in the third. Astros clawed back, cut it to 5-2 thanks to solo home runs from Jordan Alvarez and Alex Bregman. Then came the turning point of the game. Houston loaded the bases with nobody out in the fifth inning. Chance to really get back in and actually take a lead, but with Rangers ace Nathan Evaldi struck out both Yiner Diaz and Jose Altuve, then coaxed a ground ball from Bregman to extinguish the rally. He and the bullpen they were able to preserve the lead from there for a pleased manager, Bruce Bochy. We made an error, bases loaded, and it's about picking each other up. And he picked us up there and just made some great pitches. And then that was a turning point in the game. Bases loaded, nobody out there in the fifth. And found a way to get through it. And uh, terrific job by him. Certainly was. Series now shifts back to Arlington for Game 3 on Wednesday night. Game 1 of the National League Championship Series. Philadelphia Phillies take a 1-0 advantage of Arizona with a 5-3 win. Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper blasted solo homers in the first to get the home crowd cooking. Nick Castellanos also win deep. Phillies are 5-0. At home this postseason, they take game one. The NFL, huge bounce back win for the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football last night. Following their terrible performance in primetime last Sunday in San Francisco, Dallas went down the coast to L.A. and rallied for a 20-17 win over the Chargers. Dak Prescott stepped up, played his best game of the season, threw for 272 yards, threw a big second-half touchdown to Brandon Cooks, also led the team in rushing with 40 yards, included an 18-yard touchdown run in the first quarter. Most importantly, did not turn the ball over. Dallas defense held the L.A. Chargers at his 272 total yards. Stephon Gilmore picked off Justin Herbert late in the fourth quarter to preserve the victory. Dallas improves to 4-2. and two. College football Longhorns coming out of their bye week, sitting at 5-1, and one, number 8 in the country. They'll travel to Houston on Saturday for their first meeting with the U of H Cougars in more than 20 years. Yesterday, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian provided a pretty promising injury update. Sark said the tight end J.T. Sanders, center Jake Majors, guard Cole Hudson, and cornerback Ryan Watts all practiced on Monday after taking the week off for rehab of their injuries. He confirmed that Cole Hudson was still the most limited of the four as he battles back from a knee injury. It is to be determined as who will be able to play to go on Saturday. Depends on how they practice during the week. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Way to bounce back, Dak. Dak with the bait. I would say this about Dak. Dak does bounce back after losses pretty well. Usually the losses 
you know, are on him a lot of the times because he's had bad games or subpar games. Uh, this was his best game of the season, 109.3 passer rating. His last six losses, this is passer rating after his last six losses, 10, 109.3 tonight, 108.5, 143.3, 124.3, 139.3, and 113.2. He bounces back pretty well. He does, and they, they needed every bit of it because yeah, um, they were they were kind of a mess in a lot of other phases, right? They had no running game to speak of. Tony Pollard didn't do much at 11 penalties for 85 yards. Um, the offense just doesn't click. It's really just Dak, right? Finding ways. I mean, uh, which is what you need. What you need. That's what you want your quarterback to do. That's right. Yeah, he carried that team last night. You know, he and the defense, and uh, you know, it certainly has been the offseason game plan. Let you know. Make make it easier on Dak, but at the same time they need you know better and stronger running game. Give the Chargers credit; they had the bye week to get get healthy, and uh, they played. They were really stout against the Cowboys' run game and uh, did a nice job. But they needed every bit of Dak, you know, even the even the legs. You know, the 18 yard touchdown run was big as he outran Derwin James to the end zone. Um, but Tony Pollard just 15 carries for 30 yards total. Dak outrushed him by by 10 in that game. But uh, yeah, it was Dak in the defense. Yeah, Eckler actually didn't have a great running game. No, either. he didn't. Uh, Fourteen carries for twenty-seven yards, I believe, for him. So neither neither team could really get their traditional running game going. But uh, talked about this yesterday a ton. That Chargers pass defense has been struggling all season. Went into that game as the last ranked pass defense. It was the ultimate slump buster for Dak. So if Dak couldn't get have big Dak energy versus that Chargers secondary, considering they were the the worst pass defense in the league going into that game, um, I was going to essentially come on here this morning and say that offense was broken. The Texas Coast offense or Texas Coast offense was broken, but he did have a great game. He bounced back. He and CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb with 117 uh, on seven catches, on seven targets too, by the way. Um, and by the way, CeeDee Lamb and Dak, they, uh, their chemistry right now is pretty damn good. They don't throw, they, they don't throw to CeeDee Lamb enough. Agreed. Well, and in that game, what was it, second quarter, uh, Michael Gallup dropped a touchdown pass he needs to catch. Uh, there's no doubt about that as he ran yeah. up the seam and a uh, great throw by Dak and just bounced off of his hands. That's a play that needs to be made. It was seven seven at the time. Um, he dropped it, uh, but yes, I mean C.D. Lamb. I mean, the, you know, check 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 for Mike McCarthy too and the Cowboys to you know get C.D. Lamb more involved. He, he questioned the identity of the offense last week. Uh, didn't know what it yeah, was. Got to do that. It's it's still a work in progress. I think that's fair to say. But you know what? A, a huge win in a bounce back performance. The Niners and Eagles both lost. This week, so you you know you gain a game on both of those teams in the NFC, and at least you can put the the bitter taste of the the Niners game fully behind you now. You've won a ball game, and um, can, can see if you can continue to build because the the Tex Coast offense or whatever it's called can, to me for continues to be a work in progress. Uh, but at the same time, you got a really good performance from your quarterback when you need it at the most. Gosh, even the the, the big play in the uh, on a big third down play. Uh, to start the fourth quarter where he scrambled to his right, threw it back across oh, to Tony yeah. Pollard on a 60-yard catch and run. That was the biggest play Pollard made on the game. Uh, that was a big one. That set up uh, a points opportunity there as well. But 10 points in the fourth quarter. The defense made it stand up. Big sack by Micah Parsons late in the game. Justin Herbert, mm. safe to say he missed some throws. They only had it, one sack. but they It was kept, a big one. They, but they kept Justin Herbert uh, off balance and under duress all night long. The Cowboys had, I believe, a 47, actually 47.6% pressure rate. Uh, that was the highest against Herbert for any team he's played this season. So they just couldn't cash in on him, but I mean, they kept him under pressure constantly. Yeah, you said it. C.D. Lamb, seven catches for 117 yards. 
Uh, Tony Pollard was the second leading receiver. 60 of his 80 yards receiving came in that one play. It was uh, it was a tough and tight game. And uh, the big interception late, the big sack by Michael Parsons in the fourth quarter. And as we said, we, what's Texter, the matter? Texter calls it the trash coast offense. Trash coast offense. <laughs> uh, uh, Ty Henderson through the glass. He's our big Cowboys fan and Ranger fan. Are you through? Are you are you back? Are you back feeling okay or just just a, just a nice win? It's okay. No, I'm not back. <laughs> I'm not back. Uh, but you are on the Rangers bandwagon, without a doubt. Rangers, what a performance by I'm Nathan Ivaldi. Um, props to the Rangers, man. This is uh, getting hot at the right time. They are undefeated in the postseason. They, they're six and zero on the road in the postseason. Uh, you know, the the Ranger home fans will will get to see the Rangers for just the second time this postseason tomorrow night. Hottest postseason team right now. I know. Period. There's nobody in postseason right now hotter than the Rangers. Unfortunately, they're playing against the Astros. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> and they are up, up 2-0 on I the mean, Astros. And the Astros seem to have Jordan Alvarez, and that's about mm. it. I mean, Jordan hit two home runs yesterday. He he's continues to pulverize the baseball. But, um, boy, that if you're an Astros fan, that fifth inning was, was a bitter pill. I give Nathan Evaldi a lot of credit, though. He pitched really well in a big spot. His split-finger fastball was working, just dropping off the table. And the Astros were undisciplined. They really well as disciplined as the Rangers were in that first inning when they came out with a game plan and attacked Framber Valdez, kind of knowing that typically mm-hmm. if you're going to get to Framber, you got to get to him early. And they came out and were really aggressive, didn't let him pitch deep into counts, really jumped on you know anything that was up, and didn't try to do too much with it. That's the important part when you're facing Framber, Framber a sinker ball pitcher who's trying to get the feel for it in that first inning. Um, you know, Simeon with a single to start it, then Seeger. I mean, these were early in the at bats too. I mean, gotcha. I think there were four minutes gone by in the game before it was two to nothing. Uh, they already had two runs on the board. The game had just started, uh, and a big part of it was that throwing error on himself. Framber Valdez is on a swinging bunt, kind of threw it down the right field line, just to really almost like he was asleep to start that ball game. And uh, Rangers capitalized, and it cost the Astros in a big way. And then when they had their opportunity in the fifth inning, uh, they couldn't capitalize and. You know, you know this about Yiner Diaz. If you know the Astros, you know Yiner Diaz and Jose Altuve are two of the free, freest swingers the Astros have. And um, I thought Nathan Avaldi did a great job of letting the Astros get themselves out in those spots to throw balls that aren't strikes. Um, you know, and make them swing at your pitches. Never gave them anything to really hit, and you know, they got themselves out. They struck out. Didn't put the ball in play. You know, Rodden, the bases loaded, nobody out situation. You got to put the ball in play. You can't swing and miss. You can't strike out. So not only did Avaldi you know, get the outs he needed. He also didn't let him put the ball in play, which limited any run scoring. So the Astros get a bases loaded, nobody out situation, get no runs. The building then falls flat, and you kind of felt like that was the pivot point in the game. And uh, advantage Rangers, advantage yeah. Rangers. They've been more clutch so far and been a better team without a doubt. No, the Rangers uh, seven games, seven uh, seven game win streak to start the postseason is the second longest to start the postseason. Period behind the uh, the Royals in 2014 with eight. Yeah, I mean they just they they they're red. This is probably the hottest they've been all season long, and you got to give them props for getting hot at the right time. Uh, and they right now, like I said, they just look like the better team. Period. They do. They're, they they're, do. They look like the better team. Uh, great approach, great attitude, uh, playing good baseball, playing great defense as well. And the Astros are the ones that are scuffling at this point. Uh, last time we saw the Rangers, this thought I think was you know right after the trade deadline. Remember they acquired mm-hmm. Max Scherzer and Jordan Ham, uh, Jordan Montgomery, and you're thinking, oh geez. And then they went on a, just a torrid streak. This one reminds you of that, and um, they may, may streak them all the way to the World Series. Now they need two more wins. Astros need four 
Astros have to win four out of five now. But hey, they're heading out on the road, Ron. They're better on the road. They I like playing they on the road. And the, the road warriors. And the Rangers have been the best road playoff team. So, Six and zero. Oh, yeah. So going back home, hopefully they cool off a little bit. But uh, yeah, man, right now I got to get ready to order this uh, this Lucha Libre mask. Yeah, I'm gonna get my uniform ready. I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna be. <sighs> I, I don't know if I see the Astros coming back from 0-2. It could happen. It can happen. But I think the teams that go up uh, 2 or what win the win the series 90 percent of the time. 90 percent, especially a team this good. Come on, man. That's, exactly. With Max, <laughs> now they get to turn to Max Scherzer. <laughs> oh man. The only thing you're hoping for if you're an Astros fan with Scherzer is a little rusty because <laughs> he hasn't pitched in a while. Uh, coming back from that shoulder injury, with, you know, Mad Max. I mean, he is. Uh, He's as clutch as they get, and uh, you know the Rangers beat Verlander and Valdez in Houston. You got to feel really good about that. Nathan Evaldi was great, and we know that Jordan uh, Jordan Montgomery was outstanding in Game One as well. And the Ranger bullpen, you know, I said the one place the Astros maybe had an advantage to start the series. I thought it was a dead even series, and um, you know the the Rangers have found ways to get to the Astros starters. We've got two runs on on Verlander, got two on Val or five on Valdez. And uh, then the bullpen made it stand up. That's been an Achilles problem or Achilles heel for the Rangers all year long. So far in the postseason, the bullpen has been outstanding. Uh, Spores came in. Chapman pitched a, mm-hmm. a good you know, two-thirds of an inning. And then LeClerc has been outstanding at the back end, uh, closing down that ninth inning. He's got three saves now in the postseason. And he's become their closer. Astros' bullpen was great. You know, once, once they needed to go to the bullpen, they kept the Astros in it. And didn't didn't let the Rangers stretch the lead, but uh, the Ranger pitching staff too much. It was just good playoff baseball. And if you're a, a Ranger fan, you're you're thrilled with the execution. If you're an Astro fan, you're bumming because you're, you weren't able to take advantage of your opportunities like the Rangers did. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But the Rangers, like I said, they they look like you said you said it streaking. They could streak their way to the World Series. Yep, the they could. The way it's looking right now. Well, and it looks like they'll face the Phillies because they're streaking their way too. Because that 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 home crowd, that home park. Uh, Bryce Harper in that home park. I mean, it is electricity personified when you see what goes on in Philly. They're up one nothing. They're five and zero at home this year. That's a collision course right now. Unless the Astros can do something. Uh, if you're Houston, you just got to play a game at a time. You got to try to go get a win. You need one. Uh, you get, get one, and then you <laughs> got to get another one. Try to steal one. Just try to get yourself. But one. I will say, as uh, you know, Astros have been here so many times. But at the same time, this year. They really don't seem to have the starting pitching to do it, right? If you're going to come back, you got to have great starting pitching. And right now, do you really trust your starting pitching? I, you know, Framber, you just you, I mean, last year in the postseason run to, to the World Series, Framber Valdez had a 1.44 ERA. I mean, he was locked down. He was unbelievable last year in the postseason. Right now, he looks very vulnerable. He doesn't look oh, man. like that pitcher. And even Justin Verlander, not as sharp as he's been. It's the Rangers that feel like they have... The deeper staff right now really does because uh, now they're turning to Mad Max after getting great starts from Montgomery and uh, and 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 Avaldi. Now you turn. I mean, that was a good part of the disappointing part for the Astros is if you look up up and down the Astros order, Rod, they had their, their career numbers against Nathan Ivaldi were ridiculous. Everybody in the Astros order has had has just feasted on Nathan Ivaldi in their career, whether he was in Boston or with the Rangers. And they couldn't get to him, and that's that's props to him. He stepped up in a clutch moment and gave the Rangers the start they needed, despite the fifth inning struggles. He pitched out of it, and that's the story of the story of the ball game. Montgomery and Val and uh, and Scherzer were better than Valdez and Verlander. Framber in two postseason games this year, eleven point five seven ERA, fourteen hits allowed in seven innings pitched. You've gotten like you said, bad Framber. Bad Framber. Uh, it's kind of been all year, yeah. and, you know. His really since he he was the the best, you know, arguably the best. He and, and Evaldi were probably the best pitchers in baseball for the first half of the season, and both were all stars. And then remember, right after the All Star game, Framber Valdez threw that no hitter uh, against Cleveland, 
and he really hasn't been the same since. After he threw that no hitter, he's just been he's been up in the zone. He's got a pitch down, and he's been up, and he's just not had the same same look on his fastball or on on any of his pitches. And he's been all too hittable. And that big error down the right field line was was critical in that game. All right, so we'll talk more about it. We'll talk your thoughts on the Cowboys, the bounce back now four and two. Season is not lost, Rod. Season not lost just because you got pasted by the 49ers. You're right there at 4-2 where you want to be in the NFC. We'll look at the uh, power structure. Also start hearing from Sark, getting ready for this game with the Houston Cougars coming up. Do you want to tell you about our friends at Viking Fence, the, the premier fence company in Austin, Texas. You know that and all over Texas now as they spread out and grow. Uh, the foundation has been built for Viking to, uh, to do great fences up and down the I-35 corridor. They're absolutely the best, investing in their own on-site lumber mill, their own on-site uh, uh, iron workshop where they do all their custom iron work. Viking knows or has always wanted to be the fence company that controls everything. They quote the project, they design the fences, they manufacture their own materials, they do it all from front to back, build, assemble, install. Uh, they don't uh, outsource any of it, and that's why they put the longest warranties on every fence that they do because they know that they've controlled every part of the process. Uh, there is no doubt with the Viking fence every single time, whether it's a wood privacy fence for your home or business, their commercial or residential fencing uh, divisions are the best in the industry. Their building materials are the best in the industry. Their perimeter and uh, temporary rental fence are the best in the industry. They're simply the best. You kind of get the picture of what Viking Fence has been doing for 50 years right here in Central Texas, locally owned and operated, but doing it all at vikingfence.com. 837-6411. Find them online at vikingfence.com. And just remember, when you think fences in the ATX and beyond, think Viking every single time. We'll have our Viking Fence defensive player of the game coming up. We'll have a prediction on Friday for the Longhorns. Uh, coming up. What was uh, the play of the game for you last night, Rod, in the uh, Cowboys win? Mm. Was there a play that stands out to you, the biggest play of the the 20-17 uh, to 17 victory? A play or a series that was might the biggest? Been, I mean, honestly, it might have been early on with uh, Dax rushing touchdown. It might have been early on. Um, Tendency breaker. He hasn't done that this year. Yeah, well, and no, I mean, they've kind of, they've kind of taken that. I don't say they've taken out. He's kind of taken that out of his game. Remember early on, Dak was a running quarterback. Early on, that's why he came when he came to the NFL. He was a, a, a rushing quarterback coming out of Mississippi State. And through the injuries and him, you know, getting a little bit older, uh, they've uh, relegated him to be more of a pocket passer. I was a little surprised to see them break out the non-traditional running game with some design quarterback runs, not just him scrambling, but some design quarterback runs. So good for the Cowboys. Like you said, breaking tendency in that moment, especially going up against Kellen Moore, who knows Dak pretty well. Got to do something that uh, you're that they're unfamiliar with. So I thought that was good. I thought that was a, a way to set the tone and it, a, a great way because the Cowboys didn't have a rushing game. I mean, for the Texaco's offense, the purpose of it was to run the football. Even Mike McCarthy said that before the season. They want to run the football more to control the ball, control the clock. They're not a good running football team. Yeah. Not at all. Actually, not. So I don't know. That that goes to the point about what their identity is. Because if they're supposed to be a running football team and they're not good at running the football, your identity is what you hang your hat on, something that you're good at. Um, and the Cowboys aren't good at that. So how can that be their identity? Yeah, that's that, that that's the perplexing part, right? There's the positive that you won the game. Your quarterback really stood up and your defense really stood up. Dak Prescott and the D was were outstanding. But, yeah, I mean, I still – because the idea was to be a good running team, as you just said, to be a power – you know, play action, give Dak play action. But right now you're not running the ball. Dak Prescott was your leading rusher last night. That's got to improve. I mean, there's no doubt about that if you're going to you know, really be a contender. Because right now when you look at the NFC, you know the Niners are good, but now the Niners are dealing with injuries, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, how they, I think they're optimistic yeah. about Debo Samuel and, you know, Christian McCaffrey that it's not too severe, but they took a bad loss at Cleveland on Sunday. Uh, Philadelphia took a bad loss with the Jets, so they both come back to the pack a little bit. 
And uh, for the Cowboys, you're now into your bye week, right? You you beat the Chargers. You get to to sit on, you know, and kind of go go to work like the Longhorns just did. Try to try to work with what is not working. Get some guys healthy, and you come back and you're playing the LA Rams to come out of the bye week on the 29th uh, and put yourself in the race. But I think you also have to consider the Detroit Lions in the mix in the oh, NFC right now, no Rod. Doubt. Yeah, of course they're for real. They're for real. The Lions are for real. They are for real. They they get a win again on Sunday, so they're right in the mix as, as a one loss team. Um, but you know, I. I Despite the win, are the Cowboys in that conversation right now as one of the best teams in the NFC? I think that's a yes. Yeah, I, I don't until I they the, can run the ball, Rod. I don't know. Well, the NFC is not what we thought it was, right? It's not going to be this. Basically, Seattle. There are a lot. There's a lot of teams in that second tier right there because 49ers and Philly are in the top tier, and Detroit. Those are kind of your three teams in the top tier, and you know, right there, the I think in that second tier, the Cowboys are right there in the second tier. The yeah, things that worked out. Now we thought they'd be in the fair. top tier. They're not in the top tier, but right now the top tier is just three teams, pretty much. And I, you know, you can say Detroit's. I think Detroit's there, but I think there are three teams right now in the in the NFC that have separated, and then everybody else is kind of thrown in that second tier. Not everybody, but all the other teams. I agree with you on that. They're in that second tier, but they're. You know where are they in that tier becomes the question because we knew the defense would be good and the defense has been you know for the most part outstanding this year. They had the one bad game against the Niners uh, and a bad first half against the Arizona. But it's Cardinals. not two thousand Ravens or anything. No, that's not what they were talking about. They were acting like it was going to be an all time great defense. It's good. It ain't going to be all time great. Yeah, and and yeah. let's be honest, Justin Herbert missed some throws last night. Ooh, uh, he had he a wide did. open throw to Keenan Allen that might have been a touchdown. He just overthrew him on a on a on a uh, wheel route. Uh, but so he had some throws he he'd like to have one. back. He missed two to Keenan Allen, actually. He yeah. missed another deep one early on. To he him. did. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, some good fortune. But at the same time, I, the Cowboy, here's the concern. The run game is not clicked yet, and we'll pick this up on the other side. But the run game's not clicking. You're not, you're not getting a push up front. And then the receiving core outside of C.D. Lamb is just okay, right? I mean, Michael Gallup has been erratic, uh, not consistent, I guess would be the word. And then uh, Brandon Cooks caught the touchdown pass last night. I guess he was more involved, but... You're still not sure about this. Pat. I don't. I don't know what to make of the Cowboys right now. They just look like a mishmash. They are four and two, though. The old Bill Parcells line. You are your record. The Cowboys are four and two in their bye week. I think most Cowboy fans would have taken that when you look at the schedule to start the year. Here they sit four and two, and a uh, uh, chance to you know a lot of football. To, a lot of football left. But yeah, I agree with you. They're not in that upper tier of the NFC right now. They're in that second tier. Uh, Got to get a lot of things fixed if they're going to join that group and be an actual actual contender uh, in the NFC. We come back. We'll pick that up. We'll also go behind the burnt orange curtain here from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, met the media yesterday to get ready for this showdown with the Houston Cougars. The second half of the season begins on Saturday. We'll hear from the head coach also before the end of the hour. Some what the facts. Some big stories and facts from around the sports landscape as we get you going. It took them up. Austin's only local morning sports conversation. Just getting warmed up. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. Tuesday on The Horn, big time Tuesday, coming off uh, quite the Sports Monday with a couple of baseball games, the LCSs, and the Cowboys with a big win on Monday Night Football, 20-17, to bounce back win. Meanwhile, the Rangers taking a stranglehold on the American League Championship Series. They've looked like the locked-in team that have been here many, many times. It's the Astros who've been here many times. It looked like the the, the group that is... Uh, I don't know that, that it, if you were if just you know dropped in and started watching this series with no knowledge, you'd say which team has been here you know the last six years in this ALCS and a rise to the moment, and you'd say oh well, it's the Rangers, right? The Rangers, right? You know, they, the, the, the unfortunate thing is you brought this up that stat you know that there have been kind of swings in this series at least as of late. 
where they happen for like five, these five to six, five to seven year chunks yep. where the the Rangers were a dominant team in the series. And then it, the, the, the pendulum swung back. The Nastros were the dominant team for seven years. Hopefully now both teams will be will be competitive. Uh, I hope the pendulum's not swinging back. Yeah, well, <laughs> well look, the Rangers um, are about to be really good for five to six years, and then the Astros is just going to be, you know, mm, average to above average. Yeah, well, I think they're both going to be good for a while. I, I hope. So. I don't think either are about to fall off. I mean, and obviously the Astros were terrible while the Rangers were good for that first seven year stretch, and then the Astros have been really good, and the Rangers fell on hard times. Look, this Ranger team was we're only a couple of years removed from a hundred loss season for the Rangers, and mm-hmm. here they are. I mean, point of, you know, the playoffs baseball are about moments. It's about spots. It's about being clutch in a big moment, whether you're on the mound or in the box or taking in a big at bat. Uh, and, it, you know, that's where the Rangers, excuse me, the Astros have thrived in recent years, right? I mean, that's why they've been in six straight American League Championship Series, have been to four World Series and won two of them. They come up big in these moments. And that's why I say in this series, the big moments have been owned by the Rangers. Yep. Uh, they're the ones making the big plays. They're the ones making the big defensive plays, making the big mm-hmm. pitches, getting the big hit. The Astros are the ones making the big error and you know swinging and missing at uh, balls and not being disciplined at the plate. Um, base running blunders like we saw Jose Altuve in Game One. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Astros that have uh, mismanaged and and not you know they've they've shrunk in the big moments so far and the Rangers have risen to it and that's why they're up two games to none and. Um, going back to Arlington, and I, 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 you know it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough home. You know, as good as the Astros have been on the road, Rod, no, uh, the they're not that good <laughs> in this in this seven game win streak. I mean, it's amazing to be seven and zero in a postseason and go through a couple of really good teams in the Rays and Orioles, and now two straight on the Astros. Um, mm-hmm. But you know that that home crowd at the Gilf has only seen their home team one time. So they only play one game at home. They're, they're going to be, be frenzied. Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, they'll be playing <laughs> they'll the Creed. Play, they'll be singing Creed. Everybody's going to be, oh, man. It's they'll be, be playing the Creed. The Creed sing-along is going to be just off the chain. And rightfully, I mean, wild. This, this team is, has obviously earned the, the love of their fans and the adulation because they're playing really quality baseball. Can we get Creed to show up now? I mean, they, they, they're two up on the Astros going back home to the Gilf. Are they going to get Creed. Creed to show up? She might, they might play live. Is this going to happen, Ty? Are we going to get this seventh inning stretch, Creed? Live in the stands. I've been doing my part on Twitter. You've been doing your part. No, nice. you have been. Nice, no doubt. Well, if you're looking for Ty one, I was confident yesterday. He knew. Well, we'll talk more I about early. I, when I told y'all, it was you a did landslide. I, I thought, I thought I was right on the hit that nail on the head yesterday, but I mean, it was a lot closer than I, I would have liked at the end. But <laughs> yeah, hey, close it down. Yeah, five four yeah, all the way to the up. final out. Much like you know, it, it's dramatic. I mean, it, not only mm-hmm. any of these games are going to be one sided, but that's why it comes down to individual moments. And uh, I don't think you can get much bigger than the Jose Altuve at bat. Uh, with no. one out and bases loaded, fifth inning. It's that, that that's not the Astros would have wanted nothing more than that to have Jose Altuve mm-hmm. at the plate. He's owned the Rangers. He's he's been a Ranger killer in this 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 run for the Astros. And you know Nathan Evaldi made some great pitches without a doubt. Hey, mm-hmm. let's go behind the burn orange curtain. Texas is back at it off the bye week. Sark met the media yesterday. Let's hit it. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What is behind that curtain? All right, Sark met with the media yesterday for his weekly uh, press conference and uh, he answered a lot of different questions. Um, I think the first 
piece of audio that we want to get to, probably the most important one, was about the injuries. Yep. Uh, Longhorns had several injuries uh, that happened. They sustained in the Oklahoma game. But remember, uh, there were guys who went into that Oklahoma game dealing with injuries. Guys like Ryan Watts uh, was dealing with an injury going into that game. We're worried about him. And then, of course, Jake Major suffered a an injury in the Oklahoma game um, that had a lot of different reports speculating as to what his status would be. So, Here's Steve Sarkeesian, um, and this is actually a little surprising, in a, in a good way, but a ple- pleasant surprise. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian addressing the injury situation for the uh, uh, week versus uh, the Houston Cougars. Guys, practice today, okay? So I, I think that's probably the, the first part that's really positive, where, you know, last week we really limited a lot of guys. You know, we limited you know, Jake to, to all about nothing. We limited JT to all about nothing. We limited Ryan to all about nothing. We really wanted to try to get them healthy. Today we came back, everybody practiced. Um, probably the most limited of the group was Cole Hudson, uh, but they all practiced. Now, as the week goes on, I'm going to have to make that decision later in the week of who is really ready to play. I, I don't think, to be fair to them, that's probably, you know, to give them that chance to really practice on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, in our physical practices to see, to make sure that they're in position to perform and, and to do it at a high level. But I was encouraged today that they were all out there going. Um, but again, as the week goes on, I'll, I'll have a, probably a very cleaner update of who's really going to be available Saturday. But uh, today was a really, a really good sign. Uh, there you go. I'm, I'm actually surprised. Like I said, it's a good surprise that every he said everybody practiced. Yeah, we had the report last week that Jake Majors with wow. the high ankle sprain was going to be out six day a week. That's amazing. Like, well, he's practicing already. Yeah, that's a great thing. I mean, I know we got the bad news in college football yesterday that Brock Bowers, the great tight end of the uh, Georgia Bulldogs, yeah, he's is going to be out time. six weeks. He had surgery on his ankle. And that was kind of the – I know Jake Majors didn't have surgery, but the thought was that the center had a high ankle sprain that could cost him the remainder of the regular season, or at least a good chunk of it. And the fact that he was out there, Rod, on, on Monday is a good sign. It, it's a great sign, actually. And Sark says, you know, you got to determine whether they have the level of, you know, effectiveness to be able to play in the game. Um, but the fact they're out there practicing – um, it lets you know that it's not as bad as some would have uh, led you to believe. So some of the reports about him missing, what, six to eight weeks, um, that's definitely not not the case. Uh, so we just don't know how severe the ankle, the high ankle sprain is. He was asked about the offensive line, about, you know, trying to cross-train guys, now building depth, trying to manufacture depth, have contingency plans. Of course, now that you have some injuries piling up on the O-line, uh, here is uh, Steve Sarkeesian. I think it was it was huge. You know, I mean, what what great experience Connor got. Uh, a couple weeks ago in that ball game, uh, and then obviously last week of, of just kind of being the, that that primary center, um, we do have players that are really versatile guys. You know, Hayden Connor is an extremely versatile guy that can move around. NATO got a lot of good opportunities last week to, to rep things out. Um, Cam Williams, again, he's a versatile guy that can move around. So I think that's one thing, you know, one of the reasons why Coach Flood and I have such good rapport, we're very comfortable doing those things. And so you can take a week like last week and move some guys around, knowing there might be some growing pains there. Uh, but if we need to get to that down the road, it won't be the first time guys have been exposed to a couple different spots. All right, so um, looks like the long one should be – reasonably healthy on the O-line. We don't know exactly what Jake Major's status is going to be, but everybody's expecting Cole Hudson to be back, and now you have Connor Robertson, who at least he's got experience uh, in, in the probably most hostile of circumstances, uh, but he's got experience now too, and looks like they're going to cross-train some other guys 
to be able to, to play center as well. So I think they'll have a plan. Well, and and the thing, obviously, I, I got to the end of the news conference yesterday listening to it and thought, he didn't even mention Jalen Catalan. I, mean, I thought, you know, he, he left He did the not open. mention Jalen Catalan. So I'm yet. assuming he's okay. I mean, he didn't mention Ryan Watts specifically either, did he? Uh, I think he did. Um, I, I don't know if he did, not in that injury, not in that cut about the injuries. He, all he said was everybody practiced. Everybody practiced. That's what he said. Everybody practiced. So the assumption is he, that's everybody. That's Ryan Watts. That's Jalen Catalan. Yeah. Because, of course, Catalan left that Oklahoma game, and it was a big moment when he left in the first half, and he was off to what I thought was a real good start. And uh, obviously, didn't see him the rest of the way. And that you know, end of game situation could have used a guy like Catalan and Ryan Watts on the field. Obviously, didn't have him, but uh, didn't hear his name. So that's good. That's all good signs headed into the Houston game. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I was shocked when he said everybody. I was like, everybody? I expected the media to go, every uh, everybody? Er, everybody? Uh, yeah, apparently everybody out there uh, got a chance to practice. He'll decide later if their their status for the U of H game um, is available or if they're going to be limited or what. Okay, so let's hear from Sark about the self-scouting that took place during the bye week because uh, Sark said they were going to do some deep dive, uh, you know, uh, self-scouting in a lot of different phases to try to figure out you know where they were, where they need areas they need to improve, right? Where they need to uh, get better, and areas where they have actually excelled so far this year. So here's Sark talking about the areas where they need to improve the most. You know, I think naturally, offensively, I'll stay there for a minute. You know, our red zone execution uh, is an area where, if we want to be the team that we think we're capable of being, we we have to take that to another level. And so that evaluation was not just of the players; that was of the coaches, that was of the game plan, that was of the play caller. What are we calling? When? Why? What are our players good at? What do they execute at a high level? And what have they shown us throughout training camp and in practice that? we should have confidence in them to go do. Um, so that is something that, that I'm glad we were able to dig into and um, areas where I think we can improve. I, I think defensively, you know, we, we've played really good football on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but naturally, as I, as I look at our, uh, ourselves defensively, an area where I know we can improve is we've got to take the ball off of people more. And we've got to attempt to take the ball off of people more. You know, we, um, we've created some interceptions, but we really haven't knocked the ball off of people and created turnovers. And I know we're more than capable of doing it, but sometimes it's like anything. Things can get lost throughout the season, and we're trying to defend the run and defend the pass and all the different things. But we have got to continually, as a staff, emphasize getting the ball off of our opponents. Um, so that, that for sure is something there. Uh, I love the fact that we're, we're attacking way that we are uh, on special teams and you know we, we blocked a punt last week I really think we should have blocked the second one we just kind of slipped and our angle got off we've been really close on the field goal game of blocking kicks there so um, I, I like that but man I think we can be even more effective on special teams and so that's like anything we're constantly trying to push our guys but to push our players we have to push our staff right our staff's got to keep working towards those things as well so all in all um, I'm pleased uh, with where we're at at this point um, in all three phases but also know we can be better and and that's our job then to motivate the guys to continue to improve now in the second half of the season all right there you go so red zone on offense he wants to um i guess force more fumbles 
essentially what he was saying. Whether you or you're lodging the ball loose like Jalen Catalong did in that Kansas game, <laughs> you're just hitting somebody so hard, you're just basically separating them from the football, or you're stripping the football, which means pursuit to the football, guys with high football IQ, some of those havoc-minded defenders, those ball hawks, uh, getting after the football and stripping it from players. So we'll see if we see more of that. That's what Sark wants to see. Well, everything Texas wants is out in front of them, right? Even despite the the you know crushing loss to Oklahoma and your rival game, uh, they they still control their opportunity to get back to, and rematch with Oklahoma. Oh yeah, they can both get there. And as we said, sitting at number eight in the country, the highest ranked one loss team. Uh, with everybody ahead, he is going to be playing some tough games as well. Big showdown this week with Ohio State and Penn State. Mm-hmm. It's just about continuing to improve and use the week and, and get healthy and uh, make improvements, especially in that red zone. Because as he says, they they move the ball too well. They have too many explosive players to not be that to be that poor in the red area. They they fix that and they start putting games Ooh. in the forties and fifties. Man, uh, they're going to be hard to beat uh, up until championship game weekend in early December. All right, we'll come back when we do some what the facts, the big the facts, facts of the uh, Tuesday morning including coming out of that ALCS, the Rangers in firm control. Cowboys, big bounce-back win last night in L.A. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we're going to hear Creed all morning. Hey, man, we deserve it. We deserve it. Hey, keep it blaring, Ty. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a mascot at this point. Just keep on bringing it. Down 0-2. Astros not right, showing up. Right where up. we want to be. Hey, man. We deserve it. <laughs> hey. we got, I'm at the where damn Lucha Libre man. Arrangers Lucha Libre man doing a five-hour show. Thanks, Astros. Mm, I'm going to say it since I, can, I ain't going to be able to say it for a while. Ghostros. Ghostros. It's Ghostros. Uh, not pretty right now. You know, total in our in our what the fact segment, Rod. Total time mm-hmm. elapsed between Framber Valdez's first pitch and the Astros trailing the Rangers two nothing mm-hmm. yesterday. Four minutes. Four, four minutes. Min- it took four minutes. That's it. Yeah, single Se- uh, Simeon, single Seager, error. Framber down the right field line. It was two nothing. <laughs> Come on, Framber, wake up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it started. Yeah. Kinda, we kind of needed you to be good from the start. I, I think you jinxed him because you brought up bad Framber. You started, well, it's it was always, right up before the it's show. almost always in the first inning when mm. he when if you get to him early because he's a you sinker ball it. pitcher and he's got to get the feel for it. Mm. And the Rangers, knowing that, never let him you know settle in. And because uh, a lot of times Framber wants to work deep into account and get you into his space, and then he wants to get ahead, and then he can work that sinker and make you swing at pitches you don't want to swing at. Mm. Rangers mm. didn't let him; they ambushed him. I mean, they came right after him. And uh, jumped on those early pitches and strung five singles in that era together to take a lead they never relinquish. They haven't trailed in the series. Damn Heck, they've shame. hardly trailed in the playoffs. Damn shame. Also mentioned that their young right-hander, 29-year-old right-hander, uh, Jose LeClerc, has closed out every game so far of the seven wins. Uh, to your point about them not trailing, the Rangers have trailed at the end of only one full inning the entire postseason. One full inning. That's the fewest through the baseball. first seven games of a single postseason. Quality it's the fewest. Yeah. Baseball. It is. It is. They, they're rolling. They're rolling, man. So, um, and nothing to do but just kind of admire it, even as an Astros fan. Well, and, and as we said, they're not only doing that, they're taking advantage of Houston mistakes, and it's Houston that's making the mistakes. They're the ones with the uh, the errors and the uh, base running blunders and just, I think, swinging wildly, uh, not taking you know, good at bats. It's the Rangers that are taking advantage of that. Hey, uh, we mentioned Brock Bowers underwent ankle surgery yesterday, Bow. one of the best players in college football. Yes, sir. No FBS tight end has been more productive than him over the last three seasons, Roddy. Leads the country 
in receptions for tight ends, uh, receiving yards, and touchdowns with 24. That's a huge blow to the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, Georgia's headed into their bye week, but when they come out of that bye week, Rod, they play three of their next four games are against ranked opponents. Man. And they won't have Brock Bowers in their offense anymore. I mean, that's a guy you got to double-team. Think about how much easier they are to defend without having to double-team that guy. <laughs> having to having to solve that problem on a down to down basis, uh, yeah, it's going to have a truly detrimental effect. But uh, for long run fans, if J T. Sanders can get healthy, he is considered the second best tight end in the country. He might be able to win himself a Mackey Award. Yeah, well, keep it going now. Yeah, keep feeding mm-hmm. that feeding that monster. What do you have for us and what the facts, Rod B? Um, how about this one, guys? Um, this week in the NFL, now it's officially done. Cowboys with the victory of the Chargers. Uh, 25 NFL teams scored 21 points or fewer. That's the most uh, different teams scoring 21 points or fewer in uh, uh, in a game in a single week in NFL history. Yeah, the unders. This was the the, the unders went 13 and two. Yeah. There were 15 games played. The under of total. Including the Cowboys last night went thirteen and two. That's a huge number. Yeah, the NFL is not happy about. Trust me, the NFL don't want. They're not throwing out that <laughs> stat because they they do not want team. They do not want people to know that their teams are score uh, scoring is down. But uh, scoring is down. Scoring is way down. Way, way down. down. Yeah, you got nine teams. You got I think eight teams. Excuse me, eight teams won this week without scoring more than twenty points. That's tied for the most in any week in a thirty-two team era since two thousand two. What was it? So, yeah. I mean, any any time if you tie gambles quite a bit. I mean, thirteen and two rod is a huge trend. I oh, mean, no uh, doubt. that is a big number. Yeah, it's a big number. Like it was so much that you kind of felt like, okay, I'm going to take the Cowboys in the over with the Chargers last night, just because there's no way it's going to hit again. It's going to hit again. Yeah, yes, it can hit again. Oh, it hit it hit, hit by again. a lot because yeah. the over under was right at fifty at kickoff, and which means there's something going on. I want to be able to file it, but I, I've seen early on this year I, the scoring is down overall in the NFL. I mean, you guys probably could just eye test see it like, yeah, score score. Just because the Dolphins are scoring more, yeah, the Dolphins are the one outlier. <laughs> Everyone else is struggling. Yeah. Uh, safe to say. How about Bryce Harper? Hits a home run on his birthday. On his birthday, Rod. He's 31 years old last Ooh, night. Hit another home nice. run. Uh, in the first inning, he and Kyle Schwarber with home runs. The list of players who have hit home runs, a postseason home run on their birthday. Uh, Willie Akins, Colton Wong, and Evan Longoria. The only uh, three others to do that. Hit a home cool run on their birthday. To do it. And then in the postseason on <laughs> yeah. your birthday. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. Phillies and Rangers appear to be on a collision course right now. They're both streaking. Of course, the Phillies went right through the Braves, right through their wild card round, and here they are already one up on the Arizona Diamondbacks, and uh, that home crowd advantage is... As as an Astros fan, would you have to root for the Phillies, or would you root for the Rangers? Ooh. I root for the Rangers because I root for the state. So yeah, I, I would probably I'm a state root for the guy. Rangers, even though I'm a, and people don't like it because sometimes I end up rooting for Aggies and people with Longhorn fans hate that too. And I get it. Would you root for the Aggies if they were in the final? For they're not going to the final four. Would you? Would you, would you ever root for them? Uh, I root for them sometimes. It depends on the game. Like if they play Bama, I'd root for the Aggies oh. to win over Bama. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I, as I said, my but I root for the state and I root for the conference usually, but that's some personal thing. Y'all ain't got to root for who I root for. That's my, my rooting. Only reason I would. My, my rooting affiliation is my rooting affiliation. That's exactly right. Yeah. Only <laughs> reason I would maybe root for the Phillies is that uh, no hatred of the Rangers. It would be because my brother and his family live up there and they're big Phillies fans. Oh, there you go. You know, I, so my yeah. nephew and my niece and my, my brother. Whatever you got to tell yourself. Well, what do you mean? I know you wouldn't root for the Rangers. 
You just say he's hatred. Okay. Yeah, Astros. I root for. I wouldn't root for the Astros. That's for sure. I've rooted against the Astros in every World Series. And I, because I want the Astros to have to be able to beat the Rangers at their best. I don't want to beat the Rangers when they suck. Yeah. That's no, that's no, that's no, that's that's no thrill in that. That's no joy in that. Well, some people are rooting for right now for Oklahoma to lose, right? Uh, and I'm like, no, I want Oklahoma to win. I want Oklahoma to win out, yeah, and then play Texas game. in the big exactly. Play Texas in the Big Twelve title game. Texas beats the number. What it be by then? Uh, e what four or whatever three? Uh, whatever they'll be, they'll be ranked in the top five. Boom! Texas catapulted into the college football playoff after beating their rival uh, and ruining. Their rival's potential chance at a national title game. That is revenge, and that is sweet revenge. I don't want Oklahoma to lose, come in, battered and bruised. No. Or oh, have to have a tiebreaker to put them into the, uh, into the Big 12 title game. No. I want to beat them at their best. Yeah, That's I, just a competitor in me. I agree. And uh, you know, right now, if you're an Astro fan, you got to beat the Rangers at their best because exactly. they're playing some great baseball. <laughs> to beat a and, man, you got to beat them. And the, the Rangers are, are stepping up in a big way. Uh, Phillies as well. Two hottest teams in baseball, and as we know, Rod, it's not always who's the best team all year. It's who's the, the hottest the right team time. at the right time, and, and that's the Rangers. It's not just hot; they're playing really sound baseball. Yeah. Um, Kudos, no no luck there, man. They're just they're just out playing Houston right yeah, now. Yeah, you can't even really feel bad as an Astros fan. You feel bad if the Astros were just melting down. It's not a meltdown. They're making some mistakes because they're not playing perfect baseball, but the Rangers are just better. Yeah. It's just they're just better right now. <laughs> still got to win two more. Still, still got to got, uh, got saying there's a chance. Mm. Astros now go out on the road where they're much better than at home, but either way, Rangers in full control. We'll reset that. Also, the big bounce back win for your Dallas Cowboys last night, Monday Night Football. How often have we said this? Dak Prescott put that team on his back last night and led them to a victory along with the defense. We'll get you details how Dak Prescott bounced back from his worst performance maybe to have one of his best of the year. We'll have that for you coming up. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. One hour down, four to go. Austin's only local morning sports conversation right here on 101.9 AM 1260. Stream it always on that Horn app, on your smart speaker, and at hornfm.com.